It's like if Niagara Falls was just all milk. It's a milker fall. <laughs> all right, say a prayer, somebody. Three Dogs North is an attempt to objectify the subjective with little violence as possible. The following has been torn from its origins in space and time and put internally at your disposal. What are you doing in Kansas City, by the way? I'm going, our class is having a reunion. Every year we're going to meet in a different oh, city. Yeah, yeah, that's it's pretty awesome. cool. That's awesome. Oh, your ordination class. I mm-hmm. got So, good. Real quick, um, just because we're on a limited time frame. Yeah, here. just real quick. Can you? Are, are you still moving stuff around? Because um, I can hear really. the we, I can hear I the microphones we, moving. Yeah. No, we should be we should be set here. It sounds like somebody's hitting a cord or moving their hand around. No, nothing. Right now, it does. Yeah, it does. Hmm. Like this right here. Yeah. How about now? Hey, just try turning down your level just a little bit, each of you. Okay, I don't know how to do that, so Metz is going to do that for me. Any better? Yeah. Yeah, kind of went away. Okay, cool. Okay, good. Word up. So, since we don't have a lot of time, go ahead. Okay, so just real quick, just something I, like, I thought about the podcast a little bit, just kind of that conversation that you and I had, I guess, last week at some point, but I would say... Just the one thing I've noticed, the, like the last three or four times we've done it via via Skype, and I don't know if you guys have noticed this too, but just like very much like when we're recording for the podcast versus just like our conversations then after, there's like a decided like shift. Like now the podcast is over and we can just like talk and catch up. That's a good I don't point. Know if, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have like noticed that at all, but... Mm-hmm. Which is pretty much like the exact opposite thing that we started out to, <laughs> yeah. to do. No, you're right. So, it's true. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I want to put a ton of editing on you or anything like that. But just it was kind of like my one insight, I guess, from thinking about it was like, let's just get back to, you know, having some bro talk and mm-hmm. then like letting, you know, like letting come what comes out of it. And yeah, I don't know, because I think it'll get boring and kind of stale if we don't, honestly. No, I, I totally agree. But that said, I did have something that I've been kind of saving up to to talk to you guys about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yep. Well, long story short, um, there was a parishioner, there is a parishioner who, um, well, it's a family, and there's a 16-year-old girl who got cancer, and... Um, I won't go into too much of the detail about her. I mean, but uh, suffice to say, when the, when she first got sick, I went and saw her at one of the children's hospitals here in Chicago and gave her anointing and stuff. And you know, I seeing a sixteen-year-old, you know, with this news, they can't um, they can't process it, and the family is, you know, trying to stay positive. It's one of those things. Like whenever I go to the hospital. You never know what the what the feeling's gonna be, but usually yeah. it's it's kind of sad. But I went and it was actually kind of like upbeat and peppy, and the you know children's hospitals are so nice because um, they get I guess they get a lot of funding. But the room is just huge and it's full of like all these gifts that she had. And she had her guitar there, 
and then I was like, oh, you play guitar? And she she was kind of shy, but she was like, yeah, she didn't want to play for me but, or anything, but um, just kind of had a little bit of rapport and, uh, with her and the family. And anyways, a couple, now it's like a week and a half ago, two weeks maybe, they came to Mass, and my my family was in just to visit me and they helped like rearrange my room with me and stuff after mass. And so I didn't have this, the latest mass the the 12 o'clock and that's the one they were at. And I just happened to say to my family, Hey, just hold up a bit. I'm going to, I'm going to go say hi to people after, as people are coming out of church. So I left my family here in the rectory and went and said hi. And their whole family was there and they come up to me and they're like, Oh, she's going into surgery on Friday. And, and I was like, Oh, do you, can I come like anoint her visit before the surgery and oh yeah that'd be great and so they it was really early in the morning it was before I had mass in the morning but I went super early while she was going to go in pre-op yeah and so I had this idea the night before I'm like you know what I think I'm gonna I should take my guitar and that way I can sing her a song before she goes into surgery and it was gonna be this 12-hour surgery dude all day with like a bunch of different doctors and like skin grafts and all, all this different stuff they were going to have to do to her. And, uh, I just felt like, um, yeah, I'm, I, I don't know. It felt like the Holy spirit kind of tugging me to like, you know what? I know it sounds weird and you probably might feel awkward, but do this for this young girl who is scared, you know? Yeah. And so I, uh, I woke up the next morning and then I was already fighting like, oh, you're going to have to carry this stupid guitar into this big fancy hospital and you're going to look like a dingus and you're going to be wearing clerics and you're already got, you know, you're already kind of a weird person in public and then (laughs) (laughs) carrying this big guitar up into this very official place. Yeah. And on top of that, like you are a weird person, you know, <laughs> so there's that there's like, like three things going on here. Just, a, just baseline weirdness as that like flag you as a weirdo as the, as the bisque. So that's the end of your story. You just didn't go. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just scrapped it. No. So I, I pushed myself. I was like, bring the guitar. And yeah. I mean, this sounds stupid because here's this girl and it's a, like this big moment in her life, but no, totally. I, I just was feeling like, yeah, for my own end, like, I'll get to the point. But I, so I bring it there. I, you know, I'm parking in the parking garage. Then I have to walk like two blocks to get to the building where the surgeries are. And again, I'm pushing through the feeling like people are looking at me thing. And, uh, like everybody that looks at me, like, what are you doing with a guitar? Like, this is a place for doctors and important people. And here you're, oh, Father Peter, Paul, and Mary's coming with his guitar, saving the world. Ooh, great. And it's just like all these stupid <laughs> self-conscious thoughts. Yeah. And then I get to the desk and there's this lady there. I'm like, Hey, I'm going up, I'm going to visit so-and-so. And she's like, okay, do you, do you go to the seventh floor? And I was like, do, do you think I could bring my guitar in there? And I was holding it. She's like, Oh, Oh no, 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 no. Not in, not in pre-op. I mean, that's, that's all, you know, where the nurses get them ready and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Oh, Okay. Well, that answers my question for me. Can I leave it here? And she's like, oh, no, no, no. I'm not responsible for that <laughs> or something like that. So then I'm feeling like, oh, geez, this is stupid. But whatever. I don't care. I don't care what people think. So I bring it up. And then I run into like people, I, other parishioners I know that I recognize as her family members, like extended family. 
yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, or can we visit her? And they're like, well, you might be able to since you're the priest, but it's just her parent, her mom and dad right now are in there. And that's at this point... Way, just side note, that's mm-hmm. an insane, like, just statement. Like, we're her family... <laughs> and like we can't visit her, right? But you're the priest, and only her parents are with her. So yeah, go on back. Yeah, like, that's just what a privilege. Another you know? way of saying that is, hey, we're actually biologically and genetically connected to her, and you're some random dude who has yeah. an indelible mark on their soul. So yeah, you can come in, <laughs> yeah. random person wearing a collar, just a cool grace. Anyway, yeah. continue. That was cool. So, um, so that is the moment that I chicken out because I, I was like. Um, because I'm gonna have to go. I guess it just felt like too much of a threshold to get over. That already there's a very exclusive nature to who's going into this place, and the lady downstairs has told me that no way. Uh, maybe maybe if you ask the doctors or something like ask whoever the nurses if you can. So I just saw my opportunity to ditch the guitar and um, left it with these people I know. And then I went in and I did the anointing. So then I felt kind of like, um, I don't know how I felt, but I, I was there and she's, the girl's getting these things put on her, the leads and stuff. And she's just crying, scared out of her mind. And, um, I pushed over the awkwardness and like, you know, cause the mom is kind of scared and the dad just doesn't know how to act. And so I was like, can I just, can I sing you a song? And I sang her, come thou fount. And it was, you know, fine. And I gave her the anointing and I was really glad I went and I, the family was really appreciative and, um, you know, it was early and everything. So it was a little above and beyond, but I mean, these things always feel to me like requirements of justice, not charity. Like here's this person who's under my care, who's going into surgery and, you know, it's who knows what's going to happen after. And, but then, I, um, I left and decided I anointed her, prayed with her, and then I left and went and got my guitar and, and walked back to the parking garage feeling self-conscious again all the time. But I mean, it, this story, it sounds so stupid, but m- w- what it made me think about, and I, I wanted to hear you guys' thoughts, was uh, just like that that little high school kid that's still in there, that even though you know, oh, I'm not I'm not scared what people think. I wear clerics in public and I'm, you know, up in front of people preaching the gospel and, uh, you know, I'm self-confident and self-assured, but there's still like this thing that, um, I mean, obviously you have to, you don't want to be a total weirdo and just not know how society works and what's acceptable. But I, you know, I was going to be asking for an exception to the rule to bring this guitar in there to this sterile medical environment where somebody's being prepared for surgery to play her a song, which would have probably made her feel better, especially since she plays guitar and, you know, it was kind of a connection we had. Um, but I was just chicken and, uh, I don't know. Do you guys ever, do you guys ever run into that? I want the feeling I'm talking about. I wanted you to push through the threshold in that story. I know, dude, that's why, that's why I wanted to, I haven't even talked about this with anyone, but I was kind of saving it up to talk to you guys. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you have any thoughts, Rob? Oh man. Well, I mean, just as like relating to the feeling. Yeah. All, all the time. And like, I don't have anything specific 
you know, coming, um, coming up, but, but I mean, like for me, it like goes back to high school mm-hmm. where you didn't want to, you didn't, I mean, like I would go to the mall with my mom to go get new jeans and I'd see friends there and I didn't want them to see me with my mom, you know? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because they're so cool. They, you know, but meanwhile, they're totally thinking about like how they look and, um, just that, that mode of, uh, operating in the world where it's, um, I don't yeah, want to be like this arrogant. I'm cool. I, whatever I do is the standard. It doesn't matter. Blah, blah, blah. Cause there's that kind of approach to it. Um, mm-hmm. like I do care what people think of me and, and how they're feeling and I'm sympathetic and I'm not just like running like a bull in a china shop doing whatever I want. I'm the exception to every rule. But at the same time, um, I don't know. There's this, there's this freedom that I want mm-hmm. to just do what I think is right and, and, if I get denied, fine, but it's just at the at the last moment, and maybe it's not a big deal. Maybe in God's will, it's like, yeah, you know, you just weren't supposed to bring a guitar in there. But um, it sure. felt to me like I failed. Yeah, I mean, I think, and you know, same stuff. Like God, God works like even through that. Even if you're, you know, I don't know, you know, the notion that like you were supposed to have the guitar in there or whatever. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not saying you're getting caught up in in that type of like, um, you know, God won't work through that or anything, but, um, I don't know. Like I just, that just that notion of like, yeah, being the scared high school kid. Cause I've found like, it's interesting. I've only since college, I only worked as a missionary for two years and then like have been in seminary, you know? And so it's, there's always been, um, just you know, I've been doing some type of work for, for the church or around the church, et cetera. And so, um, yeah, I've certainly noticed in myself, even in, even in like talking about that, sometimes there's, there's been times I've like been pretty self-conscious of, of that. And looking back, it's like, man, you know, people aren't like focused on me at all, honestly, you know, yeah, they, it is, it's a, a little bit of the gym, like going to the gym and worrying like, Oh, I don't know how to be, I don't know how to do a lot of these workouts. So right. I'm self-conscious because people are totally looking at me and they, I should be lifting heavier weights. And you look around and everybody's staring at themselves in the mirror. Right. So, right. No, I mean, and, and like you said, it's, it's with high school kids, like, you know, they're only thinking about how much they don't want you to see them with their mom, you know, and like you're right. thinking about the same thing. So it is this interesting, like almost phenomena that, I think we all experience to some, to some degree or, um, or another. And I mean, I have found that like, this is, yeah, I mean, I can think of a million stories when I've like chickened out, but like just those couple like stories where I've just, for whatever reason, just like jumped off the ledge, you know, and, uh, just kind of like done it, lived it, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. Um, like that's there are some very cool stories that have that have like come come out of it. I was actually just telling Mike as we were trying to figure out this um computer thing. I went down to Illinois for that evangelization trip over over break. Oh nice. Uh, yeah, it it was really fun, but there was one um like just one conversation that was just awesome. Anyway, so it was and I almost like walked by the girl and just kind of had this notion like go talk to her and 
Um, pretty much from the get go, it was just like very engaging. Like she was a fallen away Catholic, um, and blah, blah. And at, towards the end, I, I just kind of had this notion to like, towards the end of the convo, it's like, I really want to pray like with this girl, like right here on, you know, on campus, just in front of everybody. And I, you know, it's like pray with her right now. It was kind of the feeling. And dude, I, I fought it for like pretty much the whole rest of the conversation. I was like, no, just tell her, like, you know, just tell her you'll pray for her and, you know, walk away. Like, it's fine. Don't be awkward in public. And um, just honestly, total grace, like, ask if I could say a prayer with her and just, like, kind of went for it, man. Like, just ask God to show her, like, how beautiful she was, you know, that her identity is as his daughter, blah, blah, blah. And after the prayer, I looked up and she was just, she was just crying, like, um, you know, right there, right there on campus. And so it's just, just a cool, mm. um, kind of experience of God, God working. Um, and I have found that even, even when you don't get a response like that, just kind of like boldness and I don't know if clarity is the right word, but it's certainly like almost always attractive to people. Like if you just kind of put yourself out there, right. um, that it's never, honestly, like I've never really been rejected with it. And so this is just me like thinking because like, like I said, more times than not, I, I kind of take the chicken out approach of like, Oh, I should, you know, we got to play this like normal people would or, mm-hmm. um, whatever. But I, I've never even like kind of articulated it that way. But thinking about those few times that I have just like jumped off that ledge of whatever comes, comes. Well, it, makes it me always think, look, ends up being great. A couple of things that I think about one, one is like just to, for my own personal reflection, how I don't want to say far I've come, but I do remember in college going out to eat with one of the priests from Newman and he wore his clerics and it was a couple, two or three guys and we were just college kids and we went to this Italian restaurant and I remember myself feeling self-conscious oh, yeah. because I was with a priest who was very publicly, his identity was known, you know? Yeah. Um, whereas now I don't care about going to the grocery store or anywhere with my clerics on. Sure. Um, but your sound kind of, sounds kind of fuzzy. It's going in and out. Hmm. Who, Rob's or? There. Is it better? Both of you guys. It kind of, it sounds this like the staticiness from my, last time? my static from last time. Yeah, it's huh. going in and out. Just keep talking. Okay. It's coming back. Okay. Um, okay, you're good now. Okay. But then so the other thing I was thinking of was, go ahead. No, no. So, well, I was just thinking, so I never really honestly experienced that in high school at all. Um, and I think it was just because the way our high school was. Because you were a cool kid. Because you were a cool kid, Mike. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm. Mike, I'm cool. Nope. That's how I like. Oh, I don't know. Myself. I don't know why you didn't feel self conscious. Uh, you were yeah. three letter athlete and quarterback. Oh, yeah, and that's no, 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 that's no, no, cool. No. Cool story, Connor. No. I've I've never felt self conscious. No, you so didn't. We can feel- move on. <laughs> anyway, I guess. Nice. Thanks, guys. No, the way that. <laughs> Thanks for the sympathy, bro. <laughs> that is exactly what it sounded yeah. like. No, you didn't. Let me finish though. Um, the way our high school was set up is my class was the second class to build the high school essentially. So I was always technically an upperclassman and my big brother was at another high school. And so I was always kind of like the BMOC, you know, it just in my high school. And then when I got to college, uh, 
it was a much different experience. There was a bunch of people that I didn't grow up with. There was a bunch of people that I didn't know. There was groups that I was trying to fit into. And so in college is when I really had my first experiences of that. Um, and in high school, like I had such a baller family and just a like super blessed setup that honestly, I was just kind of free range. I did do whatever I wanted, which probably wasn't a good thing, right? Because there's, there is that, that balance where, you know, like you said, you don't get out of every single rule, but, uh, you still want the liberty to, you know, be free and yeah, I guess do what you feel is right. So I experienced that in college and especially as I progressed as an upperclassman and especially in the military, when your external appearance is like the, that is it. Your external, your external appearance is essentially all that matters. So how do you look? Are you fit? Are you in shape? Um, do you speak well? Can you articulate things that the army desires you to articulate? Blah, blah, blah. So especially Can as I cut a you senior, off, Mike? Yeah. Mike? Yeah, you're uh, you're just redlining, so it's making like a click every every few seconds. So maybe okay. just move your mic away from your face and talk. Is and that better? Talking. Yeah, it's is a that better? better? Go ahead. Man, our mics are hot. I can't today. tell unless yeah. you keep. T- yeah, so turn down your level just a little bit. Yeah. I, wait, 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 just because we're like close on time. Yeah, just here, keep just going. Um, going. yeah. I mean, what I guess. Just kind of out of curiosity, because that's, I mean, that's a beautiful even notion to think about of like a priest taking a guitar to go sing to a young girl, like, you know, and honestly, even that you just, you know, like kind of had that notion of like, okay, I'm here. I don't have my guitar, but just feel pulled to like sing to this girl, you know, what that could mean to her, even like down the, down the road. Um, you did still sing her song, which I'm, I think that's awesome, Father. Yeah. Um, but I wonder if there's like some notion in there. I don't, I don't even know, you know, because it's like even we read like the Genesis account and kind of like the the levels of our, you know, um, our origins at the at the human level. And there's this notion that like, you know, in the fallen state, we want to hide ourselves from from God and from each other. Uh, and so it's just it is this interesting experience. Like maybe even maybe even of that of like just that little notion of um, in a setting like that, which you know it's kind of like the privilege of priesthood to be in a situation like that, or um, whatever, just in a random conversation of the day of like you know I could I could be the one to be like vulnerable and like just kind of t- take a leap here, and I'm not going to because like that person could could shut this down or like they could see like the real me and you know there's just a notion that like i don't want them to see the real me um and so it's very yeah i mean it's a deep it's a deep insight i don't know um kind of like what your experience of unpacking it has been since then but i mean i can yeah already just all all types of situations are coming up in kind of in my mind of like Man, that happens. Yeah, I think it's a it's a freedom that God wants me to grow in. He wants all of us to grow in. But it, it made me think of. I mean, it's kind of funny we're talking about you as the high school quarterback, Mike, because one of one of the memories that came back to me recently was when I was writing for the school newspaper in high school. I was a freshman, maybe a sophomore, and underclassmen 
like <laughs> Mike, your setup sounds pretty good. I was always an upperclassman. I was an, I was an athlete, well-known family, uh, confident, but I, I kind of came from more humble roots, dude. I was pretty shy and was a, you know, underclassman in a huge school. My class had 850 kids in our graduating class. It's the size of my hometown. And like 4,000 in the whole school. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a big, big place and kind of intimidating and you don't know your place in it. And um, anyways, I remember I, I was writing for the sports page for like one of the one of the parts of the year. And so I was on to write like the article about the football team. So I had to call the quarterback, like who was amid this huge school, like a known dude. And I was a nobody. And... I, there was something in me that was like, I just don't want to pick up the phone and call this person. I didn't want to pick up the phone and call anybody I didn't know, you know, um, and just introduce myself. That, that that seemed like a big leap to me at the time because you're like 14, 15, and I don't know. I was just a shy kid. and uh, But it, what I was g- glad for was that I had to do it. And so I called him, and then it was fine. Like, oh, he's like, oh, yeah, I know you, dude. Uh blah, 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 you know, yeah, the game was great, blah, blah, blah. And so I wrote this article. And uh, so then like a month later or something, I called him back and I was feeling kind of my swagger like, oh, yeah, dude, I know the quarterback knows me. I'm a pretty known dude. And the first thing he's like, uh, yeah, bro, um, I'm happy to do it. But uh, you misquoted me in the last article you wrote. And then I was like, oh, no, I felt like so small because it was some like I wasn't even aware of the dynamics between like the quarterback and the defense. And I think like maybe he said something about the defense and I made like, oh, you know, the defense needs to step up or something like that. And, you know, he was like, I didn't say that. And so anyway, long story short, that memory came back to me as like feeling like, wow, that scared little kid is now this me who now that that seems so ridiculously timid and and fearful but there's still something in me where it's like I don't want to step out of my comfort zone I don't want to even though I've been to El Salvador and learned a new language I've gone all these places done all these things and but there's still like a I don't feel totally at home with who I am uh all the time and I think that's what what God wants, like I said, not to, not for us to just be completely oblivious, kind of like socially awkward. I, you know, don't understand how, you know, social interactions are supposed to work. But, um, even when you do feel the awkwardness, like going to the hospital or talking to someone you don't know, and it's just going terribly to, as we said, plow through the awkwardness sure, and just be courageous enough to show up and not leave. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I will say this, I'm I'm really glad that the phrase plow through the awkwardness has stuck because that's a great phrase and it's super, super true all the time. <laughs> but it's interesting yeah. because there's there's the interplay, the dynamic that Rob mentioned of like we do want to cover ourselves up. We we do have that original shame, which is of course all theology of the body stuff. Um but at the same time, so there's like a huge fight that goes on internally because we're like God. We're made in his image and likeness. And all he wants to do is reveal himself to us and to be known, to to know us and to be known. And so, of course, we have that imprinted on us. So we have this original shame that we want to hide ourselves. But at the same time, that's like the last thing we want to do because we also want to be known. 
and we want we want to know other people. So there's, I mean, there's always going to be a conflict internally, you know, this side of death. Um, but it's, I, you know, I think a part of it is you find the freedom and understanding where your fears and motivations are for wanting to be known. Because like I can even check myself and realize like, wow, I want this person to like me maybe for not the best reasons or, you know, I want to, I want to show this person like actually reveal who I am to this person for, um, you know, really good intention because Christ is at the center of that. And so, you know, there's, and that's a lot of discovering who you are as a person, which I, you know, I think honestly comes through prayer. You know, you look at the crucifix to find out who you are as a man, you look at the man to see, you know, who you are internally as a human being. But until we die, you know, except for these exceptional saints, you know, which is, of course, what we strive to, um, where they only live from their identity. They, they only live from um, who they really are as as beings, as human beings, which is, of course, what we strive for. But the, I think it's always going to be that conflict of original shame and a desire to be known and a desire to reveal ourselves, which is... Um, yeah, so it's like if you if you know who you are, then human rejection doesn't bother you because sure. you know you're already accepted and loved. But if you don't know you're accepted and loved, and if you don't feel secure in who you are, and that could happen for a lot of reasons, like <laughs> maybe you were awkward growing up or, you know, have experienced a lot of rejection in your life, um, like those little things like the quarterback on the phone telling you like you did a bad job would absolutely crush you, you know, and then you'd never make another phone call again. But if you know, if like, the stakes aren't as high that like if human beings don't accept me, then I'm still acceptable. Um, sure. You know what I mean? Uh, that's why like I want to be the guy who can just like know it's the right thing. No, God wants me to bring the guitar in there and sing to this girl who's about to go into a 12 hour surgery and is scared right. out of her mind that I'm just going to go do that. And I'm not going to let any fear of people thinking I'm weird ever stop that, you know? Sure. Yeah. Well, and I we'll have to end it on this, Father, because um, we got to get to morning prayer and end our first ever morning session of podcasting. But that's I like honestly, it. If I, next time I'll try to get up earlier. Yeah, <laughs> I I like this. I like this time slot. It is pretty sweet. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is pretty sweet. Now and then, mm-hmm. but uh, I I find it so impressive and kind of just like uh, wow, look what humans can do. People who do go out on a limb and honestly, at least like what I perceive is they don't give a crap what anyone thinks right now. And they, <laughs> you know, they have no clue about, you know, the love of God or that's not something that they like fall back on. And yet they're still willing to go out there and like do ridiculous, crazy things that they think is, you know, the right thing to do or whatever. Because, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I struggle with going out and doing what I think is right. And I feel pretty confident and live in the reality that God loves me. And for people to go out and do that without the safety net of infinite mercy and infinite love is downright impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, of course, <laughs> I don't think it's the right way to go about it, but she's Louise, man. It's it's tough <laughs> to put yourself out there and, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. to be just to be who you are, which is good, bad, and ugly, all combined into yeah. one. Yeah. It's much easier just not to get noticed. Yeah. Anywho. All right. Thanks, dudes. Yeah. Have a good day.
Peace out. You coming back from KC? Uh, Thursday. Yeah, nice. so say prayer for safe travels. Okay. All right. Good, good deal, man. Talk to you later. All right. Peace, guys. Bye. Three Dogs North are Juice, Seabisk, and Michael Metz. Conversations have been edited to sound smarter. Audio and transcripts of this episode are exclusive property of Mundelein Seminary and may not be rebroadcast without the express written consent of Major League Baseball. And down.